The Bible Study Podcast, episode 592. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Mark with chapter 3. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue with chapter 3, and again, Jesus is getting in trouble with the Pharisees. It started in chapter 2, and it's going to be a theme. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians, how they might kill Jesus. Wow, we just started the second chapter of this book, and already Jesus is in trouble with the Pharisees enough so that they want to kill him. And they want to kill him because he's done a good thing. Their concern, though, is that he has done this thing on the Sabbath. And again, what can you do on the Sabbath? What is work? What is the law? What are the rules? And their understanding is, is a little narrow. Jesus says the the Sabbath is not an excuse not to do good. Right? Yes, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. But does that mean that this man has to stay with a shriveled hand? And he says no. And he's angry at them. He's distressed at their stubborn hearts. You know, he, un- he understands where they're coming from, but that they can't see past their point of view to what is right and what is wrong. They're so caught up in the legalism that they've lost the heart of the gospel. They've lost the heart of what God is about. And it's easy for us to get caught up in the legalism and the details and the this is right and that is wrong and to lose the heart of the gospel. Let's not do that. And they're plotting now with the Herodians. So that would be another different party The Herodians would be those who are associated with King Herod. Uh, Remember, we're going to learn later on that Herod is in control, but not in this region. Herod the Great, who was king when Jesus was born, was such a bad king that the people here asked for someone else. They asked for a Roman governor, and so they've got a Roman governor now, and Herod And one of Herod's sons rules a little further north up in Galilee. Well, that's where they are at this point. They're in Galilee. And so they're now plotting with the Herodians, with King Herod and his people. Crowds follow Jesus. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the region around the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him, to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. 
And so Jesus is teaching, and he is teaching from a boat on the shore because people are getting so close, they're crowding him, it's hard to teach. And one of the things that we say that Mark isn't going to talk a lot about the content of his teaching, he doesn't have a lot of sermons in here, but he does tell about all the different times that Jesus is teaching, right? He's teaching as people are lowering paralyzed men in front of him from the ceiling. He's teaching as he sees this man with a withered hand. He's teaching here these crowds that have followed him out into the wilderness. Jesus appoints the twelve. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. To them he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And so he calls these 12, and you'll notice he calls them so that he might send them out. They're not just called to listen, they're called to be sent. And to be sent in Greek is apostolos, that's where we get the word apostle. These 12 apostles are those who are sent out. And again, we have that message like we did with Peter's mother-in-law is healed to serve. Peter and Andrew, James and John are called to fish for men. They're called to serve. And again, he appoints these people. He brings them close with the intention of sending them out, that they're being called into ministry. And they're being given authority, including authority to drive out demons, authority over the things that Jesus has authority over. And remember how weird it was. Remember how unusual it was when people saw that Jesus had this authority. So now there are going to be 13 people here to start, more later, who will have this authority. This is going to change things. Jesus accused by his family and by teachers of the law. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, No one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Now we have to look at things from Jesus' family's point of view. Jesus' mother, Mary, 
saw all of these miraculous things that happened when Jesus was born, but that's probably 30 years ago, and remembers that time when he got separated from the family and was found teaching in the temple when he was 12, but that's probably 18 years ago. Probably between now and then, he's just been doing carpentry. And then he goes off and gets baptized by John, and suddenly he's a teacher and he's healing and he is casting out demons, and they don't know who this guy is. I mean, they know who he is, but this is different. Something has happened that has changed the way he is behaving. It doesn't mean he wasn't religious before. It doesn't mean that he wasn't... But he hasn't been doing this, so they don't know what to do with him. And so they come to take him home, <laughs> which doesn't work. But I, I get where they're coming from. If you thought you knew him at this point, and you might misunderstand what's going on here. Now, one of his brothers, James, James the Elder, will become one of the leaders in the early church, but not until after Jesus death and ascension, not after until after Jesus' death and resurrection. So his, his mothers and his brothers will come around, but at first they don't know what to do with him. This is just not the Jesus we know. It It's hard. We sometimes, I think, want to keep God in a box, too. We want to have God be the way that God we always understood God to be. And of course, you know, even more so if you're not realizing that Jesus is the Son of God, if you think Jesus is the Son of Mary, um, even if you know he's not the Son of Joseph, I, those rumors probably got around a small town. But even if you think he's just the Son of Mary, he might come as a surprise to you. And then there's this thing with the teachers of the law. They completely misunderstand who he is. They think, well, if he has power over Satan, he must be Satan. And Jesus says, that's ridiculous. Basically, if you're going to plunder a strong man's house, you've got to tie up the strong man first. He has power over Satan because he is stronger than Satan. And I don't know which is scarier to them. But it is reassuring for us. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.